make a dining reservation at one of the great resorts mm-hmm. or a monorail resort or the Riviera resort, in which case sometimes they have these great rooftop areas um, that are open where you can, you know, go sit outside, enjoy just the atmosphere of being outside. Right. If you have a rental car, you can go out into Orlando proper. There are some cool eateries. Why, why, why would you do that? I don't, I don't understand. Oh. Well, you can go like to City Walk, Universal. Uh-huh. Oh, Universal. Okay, we can do Universal. Yeah, yeah. you're like, gotcha, yeah, like gotcha. City Walk. You can go I thought to City you Walk. Meant, I thought you meant like there was a city outside of Disney World and Universal. Oh, there like, is, uh, but I mean. Yeah, but Miami's know. a long way away. You don't want to go to Miami. <laughs> what? I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what we're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we proudly present our spectacular show, a podcast magic and imagination full of Disney wonder, news, and pop culture. It's the Main Street Electrical Podcast with Jen Novotny and David Dollar. Hey, Jen. Hey, Dave. It's the Main Street Electrical, Electrical Podcast. Podcast. Episode Woo! number one, three, 13 the lucky number. If this podcast were, were floors in certain office buildings, it wouldn't exist. But, but podcast, in the Tower of Terror, it does Tower exist. Does. Exactly. Exactly. So, so, yes. So that's our Disney opening. <laughs> Welcome to the show, go folks. I'm glad you guys are joining us. Glad you guys are coming back once again. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and all that good stuff and all the notes we get, the constant feedback we get from you guys that you like the show. Jen, they like us. They really like us. They really like us. Oh, and we like you. Yes, we do. We've got a we've got a winner a little bit later on today because we're going to be giving away a book uh, as Woo-hoo! our as our book lovers uh, give away over the weekend. A lot of you guys went to the so Facebook page, Main Street Electrical Podcast, and uh, typed that up and liked the page and gave the book that you wanted at the at the books we listed. We're going to mm-hmm. give away one random book today. We'll, we'll send that to you sometime this week. Tim, if you're listening, I still have your Funkos. That's going out. Probably tomorrow. So just FYI, I want to make sure that you know it's on your way. I haven't forgotten you at all. So, Jen, how did you Disney this week? Oh, you know what? So I Disneyed in a very last-minute way this week, actually. I did a last-minute trip. I'm talking two days before travel for some of my clients Mm -hmm. who ended up in Florida randomly. And the most exciting way I Disneyed for them was I found a last-minute Be Our Guest reservation I was stalking it. I was stalking it. That is cool. Really just wanted to eat there. That was like their like bucket list kind of thing. And I scored it one day before travel. Very cool. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. My time hop yesterday listed. I had a, I had a meme that I created uh, three years ago. Mm -hmm. Apparently I was looking for a BR. No, I was looking for a Cinderella's Royal table for Ah, a client. I had been looking for it for months and also scored a BR guest for the same client for dinner. Oh, nice. It was great. I was able to come back to him and say, well, you know, half your dining plan credits are gone, but you have BR guest dinner. And you actually, this may have been before BR guest was even two credits. So I may have. Oh, when it was still one. one. Yeah. So I don't remember, but it worked really, really it was awesome That's so great. i remember that so yeah. so yeah so yesterday was my birthday happy birthday to me happy birthday david and it's always fun because i love getting i do i love getting the facebook messages from everybody and i make it a point to go out uh, on facebook and try to answer every single person individually mm-hmm. thanks thanks for, for whatever if i know you really well i'll throw a picture of us of us together i'll throw a meme up mm-hmm. there something fun or whatever you know and of course you know, Facebook birthdays, you get people you never talked to in the entire year. Oh, yeah. Then you're like, check oh, in. Hey. hey, you know, happy birthday, which is great, which is, I like those people better than somebody who never talks to you that pokes their head into a, a conversation you're having about a political issue. They're like, well, I think you're wrong because. Right. You're like, well, I'm like, talk. I haven't talked to you since 2016. What the heck are you doing? <laughs> who are you? Um, fuck. And so, uh, so no, it's, it's kind of fun to see that, but it's fun because everybody knows me. And of course, I got the long list of Disney gifts and mickey mouse memes and everything mm. and it's always fun to kind of scroll through and there was a there was a tinkerbell and a rapunzel and amy adams and like 50 mickeys and whatever and so that was kind of my disney facebook i was just scrolling through and there's happy birthday mickey happy birthday mickey happy birthday tinkerbell it was great it was a lot of fun that's I'm awesome. still working through my list it's not that i have this overabundance it's just you know my computer is slow as you know and and uh i'm uh been busy we're not working in in tests and so <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so no, but that's, that's kind of my Disney yesterday was just kind of 
answering everybody and answering the magical stuff. A lot of magicals. Hope you have a magical day. Hope your family is magical, blah, blah, blah. It's like people know that I'm a Disney guy, which is awesome. I mean, hey, it's good. <laughs> we that. like magic. Exactly. The world needs a little magic. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that one day soon people will also know that I'm an all-inclusives guy. And also, That's I'm a right. universal guy, and I can be a, a Bush Gardens guy if you need a me to. A cruise guy. A cruise guy. I'm all guys to all people. Sounds really weird, I'm sure. But in the basis of travel, it's perfect. It all works. <laughs> it's perfect. Let's talk about a little bit of news. It's all the news that's fit to print with David Ola and Jen Vatney. Yeah! News! So just a couple of quick stories here, which I think is kind of fun. This, uh, of course, is kind of sad for me for my September trip to Disney World is cutting their park hours. Bob Chapik has already mm -hmm. acknowledged the fact that a lot of people are canceling their trips, and I think it's mm -hmm. more people than they anticipated. I think so. Their trips. Uh, which, on one hand, I think Disney is sort of okay with because they're like, this is what we're doing. These are the safety precautions we have. Yeah. This is what we have to do. If you come, great. If not, we want you to be here, but if you can't, that's okay. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But Magic Kingdom was open from 9 to 7. Now it's going to be open 9 to 6. Epcot was 11 to 7. Now it's 11 to, 11 to 9. Uh, I'm sorry, it was 11 to 9, now it's 11 to 7. 7. Hollywood Studios was 11, um, was 10 to 8, now it's 10 to 7. Animal Kingdom was 8 to 6, and now it's 9 to 5. So cutting off two hours on that side. I'm sorry, did uh, anyone else want to sing 9 to 5 right there? Or is that uh, well, just you know, that is a way to make a living. <laughs> but yeah, cutting off the hours there, and it's... So here's the question that I have for you, Jen, and maybe mm -hmm. this is a discussion we have longer later on in another episode, but my wife, my lovely wife, Steph, looked at me and said, what are we going to do at night? Because there's only so many times we can go to Disney Springs before we're like, okay, we were done with Disney yeah. Springs. Well, and, and that's that's actually a great question. Now, number one, I will say park hours in the fall typically do get reduced. Yes. Maybe not so much in September, but typically by October. You know what I mean? It, it, it does usually get somewhat reduced. Right. But, um, I mean, yes, for sure, there is Disney Springs. There are a couple of different things you can do down there. But also, one thing that um, that I did last time when, you know, because parks were closing earlier, was I enjoyed a lot of the resorts. I mean, yeah. make a dining reservation at one of the great resorts, mm -hmm. or a monorail resort, or the Riviera Resort, in which case, sometimes they have these great rooftop areas um, that are open where you can you know, go sit outside, enjoy just the atmosphere of being outside. Right. If you have a rental car, you can go out into Orlando proper. There are some cool eateries. Why, why, why would you do that? I don't, I don't understand. Oh. Well, you can go like to City Walk, Universal. You know, oh, Universal. Okay, we can do Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, gotcha, yeah, like gotcha. City Walk. You can go I to City you meant, Walk. I thought you meant like there was a city outside of Disney World in Universal. Oh, there like, is, uh, but I mean. Yeah, but Miami's know. a long way away. You don't want to go to Miami. <laughs> what? I don't, I, don't, I don't understand. I don't understand what we're talking about. Uh, but no, just to clarify, you do have to have a reservation to go to resorts, correct? You, so uh, you can't yes, just correct. say, you know what, let's go see the Polynesian. You have Pearl, to actually have correct. a Polynesian reservation. You need to have a poly well, a dining reservation, not a dining reservation. reservation to stay. Yeah, yeah. dining reservation. Make a dining reservation for like. Kona Cafe mm -hmm. or something. And then once you're there, I mean, quite honestly, if you pop around the monorail, if it's running, yeah, you know, it's, it's whatever. I mean, right. it's not like they're not really carding you when you get off. I'm not condoning that. I'm right. just saying that you could. Um, the Contemporary is a great place too, because if yeah. you have a dining reservation at, let's say the Wave, which I, I really think it's an underrated restaurant. It really I, is. It really is. I really enjoy the when Wave. We do they rated, like overrated, lunch. underrated, rated, rated for resorts and re dining and stuff. We'll talk we about that. We should do that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should. Um, well, the reason we haven't is because when I say all-star, you immediately go overrated. I'm like, no, no, let me finish. All-star, overrated. So, I mean... You know, that's half our resorts. Right I, I mean, I don't, I, that doesn't even like factor into my ratings. <laughs> usually. I, I like, um, <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, innate, like once you're at the contemporary too, mm -hmm. you know, you can get other places right. pretty easily. Right. You can actually walk over to, um, what am I thinking? Well, you can walk to Magic King. Oh, from the Polynesian to the Grand. That's actually a walkable thing too. So past the wedding pavilion. So it's nice. And then you could always do mini golf. Yeah, that's true. There's a uh, Fantasia Gardens is open, mm -hmm. I believe. Yeah, I we'll believe have to see the hours on that. I want, they're probably open till like eight or nine or something. Yeah, like that, something. and then Disney. also like in yeah. in Disney Springs, Splitsville, I believe is open. I have to double check that. Yeah. But 
And we are, I know we're staying at Fort Wilderness Cabins. And so, of course, oh, we've got yeah. the pool there and the different, we just have to find the hours and things that what are going, mm-hmm. what's going on. Plus, they have archery there. So I can't wait to they give my do. special needs eight-year-old a bow and arrow, which would be amazing. Okay, that would be amazing. That would be fantastic. It's, it's like, that would be amazing. That's like, that's like the Hunger Games. Because you don't know what he's going to do with it. And you don't know where the arrow's going to go. So it is really, truly a thrilling experience. <laughs> should just video that. That. <laughs> That's a, that's something that would be at Action Park. And by the way, audience, if you've, if you've never heard of Action Park, go to YouTube, type up yeah. Action Park, and look yeah. at the videos. It's a real park that really existed, and it's yes. amazing. I just got done reading a book on it. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. What, I think fantastically I looked it up because you terrible. said something about yeah, it. Terrible. I, like, I would what? never go there, but it's fantastic the things they had, the things they did at Action Park. Anyway, so back to the news. Um lightning strike last night at uh, yeah. star wars galaxy's edge like this happened about Crazy. 10 or 11 o'clock at night there's really not much to report on this but if you haven't seen the video go find it it's online on youtube it's amazing it's just this it's, massive i know that sounds weird to say it's amazing but the imagery is like yeah it really is <laughs> it's just this you know because there are florida storms that happen every you know oh. 30 minutes in florida right uh, so you get like summer. two minutes of monsoon 75 minutes of 3,000% humidity and then back to two minutes of storms. But last night there was a huge lightning strike. I don't, nobody was hurt. Everybody was fine. No, I think minimal damage. Yeah. Everything's good. Uh, it's just, I mean, Disney site. has safety precautions yeah. like crazy yeah. for lightning yeah, because. Plus, plus the parks were closed by then anyway. So it's all good. Exactly. Uh, so everybody was good. Uh, so these are two stories that kind of tied together. Uh, the first one here is Bush Gardens, which we don't talk a lot about at Bush Gardens in Tampa. I've never been to Bush Gardens in Tampa. Oh, I have. I have been to the one at Williamsburg, and I love the one at Williamsburg. I Tampa. love the one at Williamsburg, too. The uh, one in Tampa is also great, it, though. It's, I mean, the roller coasters there mm-hmm. look amazing. And They're so fabulous. it's important because they're ha- they have an annual event called Hallow Scream, which is like mm-hmm. their version of the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, which is how Halloween Horror Nights Universal. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? They said, you know what? Screw it. We're going ahead. We're doing it. I mean, they are pushing ahead with their uh, with their Hallow Scream event for 2020. Sure. They're, they're dropping the houses, all the haunted houses, in favor of open-air scare zones. Uh, it's a limited event capacity to help promote physical distancing as well. Uh, they said that they've been consulting with medical experts, and they modified the entire event to make it happen. Um you know, because a lot of people, you know, used to cram in there to do that, but now they're kind of, oh, yeah. basically, they're, they're, they're distancing everybody. It's going to run for 18 nights every Friday through Sunday from the end of September to November 1st. Tickets cost around $30 to $45, depending on when you mm-hmm. go. Uh, they'll have scare zone announcements to come, but basically, they're going to do it outside. They're going to get rid of all the haunted houses, which I think is an actually pretty pretty brilliant idea because they're going to be sure. able to at least make a little bit of money. I'm sure attendance will be down. Capacity will be limited. I'm sure. Not I'm nearly sure. as many nights, but they're going to get some change in there, which would be great. And all the people who wanted to go to, to Universal and even to Disney for their scary stuff, not so scary stuff, they now have at least somewhere to go, which is sure. pretty amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Contact us. We'd be happy to help you with these tickets. Maybe we, we can't buy them for you outright, mm-hmm. but I would be definitely happy to help you get this information. Mm-hmm. And this is all important because this morning I read an article, which I think is really, really important. Officials are seeing clear and sustained deceleration of the pandemic across Orange County. As of yet, still no ties of the outbreak, no outbreak mm-hmm. ties to Walt Disney World so far. Sudden spike this summer. As we and Jen and I both have said, couple of caveats to this to make sure we cover all bases here. First Correct. thing is we have been saying that we think, and I, and I personally think that the spike has already happened. I think we're going to see declining positivity rates. We're seeing that now. Uh, we're seeing that the rates are going down. Um, you know, no outbreaks at Walt Disney World have been recorded, which is amazing. That's fantastic. That's, that's huge. Uh, that's huge. Smaller workplaces, long-term places, care facilities, they've had their, their problems as well due to oh, the nature sure. of what they are. Disney World's been fine. Having said that, tomorrow we could be a report that says 10 outbreaks have happened and mm-hmm. the spike is beginning again. We don't know, but right now everything looks good. It's just nice to report on good, yes. positive news yes. when we read it. And yes. yeah, and you know, as always, you have to go look for yourself. Like, look yep. at the different news sources yep. and, and whatever. But I've seen a few say that, and that that just it's yeah. like, hey, bright spot, yay! Yeah. So this is the this is the part that we play in court whenever somebody said David Jen said it was safe to go. No, we're no. saying that well, you need to do the research for yourself Correct. and figure out what's going to work best. We're just for saying you. that we read some positive things. But the numbers are beginning to decline in a in a very noticeable manner. And let's so hope I it just, continues. Let's hope it continues. Cross my fingers. 
Absolutely. I don't want to say cross my fingers, hope to die. We don't hope nobody dies. No, we don't. We hope that. I think the whole part of 2020 is we don't want people to die. The whole part of 2020 (laughs) is we don't hope to die. Right, exactly. I mean, that's like the motto. We hope to make it to 2021, which I don't know why anybody thinks 2021 is going to be different. Who knows? (laughs) Wait a minute. Okay, but this is just like a random tangent. So yesterday, one of my friends posted, you know, like one of those things like, hey, use your autofill on your phone. Like, come to the dark side, we have blank. And mine was, come to the dark side, we have been to 2021. Or no, we have been to next year. And she's like, oh, how was it? (laughs) The same. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? It's mid-August. It is already mid-August. And, uh, you know, we're we're a few months away from 2021. I booked a trip this morning for a family. They added park hoppers to their trip on the hopes that we'll have park hoppers again. I think that we will. Crossing my fingers. I am... I'm bracing for the day when Disney says, guess what, folks? Dining plan is coming back. And basically the phone lines, you can make Disney, your reservations tomorrow. The phone lines melt. I mean, everything just goes, <laughs> or, or they say, uh, Hey, travel agents. We just sent an email out to your clients three days ago. That says dining plans coming back uh, yesterday. So you may want to contact, not that Disney would do that. Just kidding. <laughs> Bob's if you're listening, just joking, just joshing y'all. Ha ha. Funny. LOL. JK. All right. So, we have a little thing we like to do called Disney Did You Know? And this is really just mm-hmm. a little storytelling because Jen and I have both hunt up, we've hunted up two stories apiece of things that you may not know. History, trivia, attractions, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. And these are just kind of fun things that uh, as Disney files, as the, hopefully the audience mm-hmm. is and Disney fans that we are. That, and I, I don't really know what Jen is going to report on either. She's told me the topics, but I have no idea what she's going to tell me. Yeah, here. I, don't, and I don't know what David's going to so say. This is going to be really, really cool. And so I'm going to go first here. And this is something I discovered a couple of weeks ago. And I posted this actually because I, I look at a website called Disney History and I kind of look vaguely to kind oh, of see yeah. what's going on in Disney History. And, this was- and, and they posted a story story about the day that the beatniks took over disneyland in 1970 and it's like what and like so should, like insert like a little drum beat thing exactly there, like so uh, 45 years ago august 6 1970 200 to 300 members of yippies and i'll tell you what a yippie is in a minute came to disneyland amusement park to hold what they called the first international powwow to protest the u.s involvement in the vietnam war and to liberate disneyland as a symbol of the establishment, okay? The Youth International Party, that's what that means, YIP. So if you're part of the Youth International Party, you were a yippie. You were countercultural, free speech, anti-war. They had this takeover plan. They had printed out leaflets, and they put out to everybody, and they had they were going to help liberate Minnie Mouse. They were going to hold a women's lib rally to free Tinkerbell. They were going to have a Black Panther breakfast at the Aunt Jemima Pancake House, which existed back in 1970. Oh, that was a thing? That was a thing, yeah, as far as I oh, know. okay. Um, and so they even had a schedule laid out. They were going to have a hot breakfast at, at the Jemima's Pancake House, and they were going to meet over at the Young Pirates League on the Captain Hook boat. Then they have a Women's Liberation Rally for Minnie Mouse at noon. Uh, and I'm looking at a schedule online here. Uh, they had a midday feast barbecue. They, had, uh, they were going to infiltrate and liberate Tom Sawyer Island. So you can kind of see where this is going to go. You can tell this is headed for you know, good news, obviously. So they're all, they, they, all, they all come there. So the Disneyland called police departments in every city in orange county to be on hand because you know this is a normal day who knows they were they didn't know how many people were going to show up they they thought as many as two hundred thousand could show up they thought maybe twenty thousand they had no clue what was going to happen because this was being reported everywhere so they had already like a couple years before that they had they had they had a policy banning male guests with long hair so okay. not just cast members, but male guests with long hair could not come in. This is like in the mid, early to mid-60s. Uh, there's a story from Roger McGeehan from the Birds, the 60s band, couldn't oh, come yeah. in because he had a Beatles cut, and so he couldn't come in. And so they were, uh, they were denied to even come in to Disneyland because he had long hair and stuff. So they had gotten rid of all that. So, so basically, the Disneyland employees before August 6th had a meeting in the Mickey Mouse Theater. Mm-hmm. And so the Anaheim Police Department shows up and says, this is what you can expect. This is what's going to happen. So this wasn't like a surprise attack. This was like, this was going to happen. And they didn't know how to stop it. They weren't sure what to do with it exactly. Uh, so the day came, August the 6th, and a whole bunch of people showed up. Long hair, colorful clothing. They were pulled aside. You know, a lot of, a lot of security pulled them aside, was trying to tell them rules yeah. today. Hey, if you're here to have a good time, you're welcome to visit. If you're here to cause trouble, we're going to ask you to leave. Because you can't. You can't let people – you can't stop people from coming in based on how they sure. look with long hair and the clothes and stuff. So it's like, we think you're probably here for the yippee party, but we don't know for sure, so well, please just, sure. just be cool. For the most of the time, 
it actually worked. There were a few yippies that were going through the Main Street Hub in a conga line. Uh, they were chanting LSD. LSD has a hold on me. There were about 30 or so who tried to take over the Captain Hook pirate ship. They climbed up under the rigging, but since the boat was actually a restaurant at the time, and they were teenagers on the second floor chanting about Ho Chi Minh, they were actually yelling and chanting Ho Chi Minh. I'm not going to say what they actually were chanting, but they were chanting Ho Chi Minh. They were chanting something about Ted Kennedy or whatever. Uh, Tourists were still going in and eating because they were hungry. And so apparently this was a restaurant called the Chicken of the Sea Restaurant on the Captain Hook boat. Um, Oh, okay. Estimated about 300 showed up. They, I mean, they were they were expecting any they were expecting thousands. About 300 showed up. Disneyland started to relax and realized, okay, maybe we we uh, overestimated the threat. Maybe everything's going to be okay. They weren't sure if they were, you know, they were planning on bombs or sabotage or whatever. But they're like, okay, everything's kind of chill. Dick Nunes at the time was the vice president of operations. Uh, he held a press mm-hmm. conference at 3:20 in the afternoon, saying that yippies weren't all that different from anybody else in the country. They look a little different, but they're here to have fun. So around 5 p.m., when the evening comes, you had two large group of yippies boarding the rafts bound for Thompson Island. They, quote-unquote, invaded Fort Wilderness. Uh, we don't know if they wanted to, to scare the guests who are already, already there, but they pulled the Stars and Stripes down. They put their yippie flag up, a big flag with a marijuana leaf and a red star on a black background. <laughs> but really, they just wanted to go over there and smoke pot. That's really kind of what they were going to do. <laughs> they were chanting things like free Charles Manson, legalized marijuana, uh, that kind of thing. Um, there were people, however, on the island that thought the hippie flag was actually the Viet Cong flag from Vietnam. So this did not go well at all. Announcements was made that the park was going to close early. Everybody was being asked to leave. It was the, it was only the second time in Disneyland's history that the park was being closed early. The first being their assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Sure. So as they're trying to get the yippies out of the Main Street Park, the police are kind of coming in now, basically pushing everybody out of the park. So some are turning around. They're trying to go back in there. One uh, yippie pulled the American flag down, and he pulled the flag down, and Dick Nunes, vice president of Disney World uh, Disneyland Operations, punched him in the face. So that <laughs> happened. And so, um, they tried to go back towards the park and everything. The cops got him. There was a police helicopter hovering above Fantasyland. Uh, the officer on board used the helicopter PA system to urge everybody to let's go ahead and get out of there. It took two hours to get everybody out. Um, there were still some confrontations, some small skirmishes or whatever, but it was about uh, midnight before everybody was finally clear. About 18 people were arrested, mostly for things like trespassing and minor variations, sure. things like that. And so as a result, you know, they ended up, uh, doing more perimeter searches they ended up kind of doing some changes to how they how they like guests in the park and things like that but uh but that's your story that's your story of how the yippies took over disneyland 40 years ago this month no black panthers ever showed up they never had a liberate Minnie mouse party in Fantasyland. that never happened i don't want to say a whole i do about nothing because some things did happen but but yeah kind of an entertaining story and i'm just imagining dick nunes punching the guy in the face for no that the right there is like of course, society so, was so different that I, from what yeah, I understand, yeah. like people punching each other was still, I mean, it's not like yeah. you're going to get hauled off to jail for it. Yeah, and you can see pictures online. There's pictures of like, I don't want to say the long hairs, but pictures of obviously the people involved in the Yippie organization walking down the street in the parades with the, with the characters and such. There are people oh kind gosh. of hanging off the masts of the Captain Hook boat and everything. It's, they're pretty entertaining. So, so Disney, did you know that Yippies took over Disneyland in 1970? I did not know. Jen, what's, uh, what did I not know? Wow. Okay. So I have, um, actually I pulled this one I, from, um, one of the books that we talked about for the book giveaway. Mm. It's from the Walt Disney world. that never was a Christopher E. Smith. We'll probably have, um, Chris on the podcast here at some point. I've, I mean, if you think we need to, then sure, let's do it. I love it. Yeah. He's super <laughs> interesting to talk to. Um, he's done a lot of books. So great. this one I found to be fascinating. And if you are not a Disney historian, if you just like to go to the parks and you enjoy what's there, which there's nothing wrong with that. You might though have been curious about what I'm about to talk about. And this is involving Disney's Hollywood Studios, which opened in 1989. And um, there's a little bit of a backstory to this, but it has to do with Disney Hollywood Studios and Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit was supposed to play a very, uh, a very significant role, let's say, okay. in Disney Hollywood Studios. Now, if you've walked around, you may see a bit of homage to Roger Rabbit in a few places if you are looking carefully. So um, we'll just kind of start with, you guys probably know in the 70s and 80s, there was kind of a lot that was going on in Disney. The films weren't doing quite as well at all. Like they mm-hmm. kind of had had a heyday, you know, obviously starting with Snow White and even like through the 50s and, and the 60s, but the 70s and 80s, kind of a dry spell. 
Yes. Um, and then what everyone kind of considers the new renaissance of Disney movies to be The Little Mermaid, which debuted in 1989. However, Roger, Who Framed Roger Rabbit debuted in 1988. And it also was a huge box office hit. And, um, you know, Michael Eisner had kind of taken over. I'm sort of summarizing a little bit. There's, you know, kind of a lot there. But basically, Michael Eisner sort of formed a relationship with um, Steven Spielberg professionally and part of him with, he's a guy he's a big yeah deal. he's a guy he's a guy yeah yeah um and you guys might know that you know steven spielberg was part of and i'm gonna get it wrong here so i'm gonna refer to my um amblin amblin entertainment yes, he created amblin he created amblin entertainment yes he created amblin entertainment okay so you know throughout this partnership we got this who framed roger rabbit which is still i would call it a cult classic would it's you a, not it, I, mean, no, I think it's more than a cult classic. I think it's a classic classic. It it's was a classic. Not only was it innovative, it was groundbreaking, and it has something you'll never see again, mm-hmm. which is Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse in the same screen, the same it's, frame. Right. Same, you'll never see that again. Not with today's you'll never see that. properties. You'll it never was, see it. It, so. it was hugely yeah. popular. Yep. Hugely popular. So, And at this point, of course, they're building Hollywood Studios. So with this groundbreaking, they decided, okay, we're also going to do these Roger Rabbit shorts. We're going to like put them in front of different movies um, you know, to kind of keep this franchise going. This is going really well. And because it was set in 1940s Hollywood, hello, what better than, at that point, it was MGM Studios. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't called yep. Hollywood Studios. So um, they were going to have the fictional Toontown down Sunset Boulevard. It was supposed to have actually three different attractions, not just one, but three different attractions. And it's, you know, a lot of the area where Rock and Roller Coaster is right now, mm-hmm, right. and of course, Tower of Terror, uh, it was, there was going to be the Toontown Express. Oh, there was great. going to be um, a, I think it was supposed to be called the, the Toontown Flight Simulator, and then okay. um, the, a baby buggy. Like basically a baby buggy going through the hospital. Baby Herman. Yeah. Yeah, baby, baby, Herman. baby Herman. But he, yeah. Yeah. It's baby Herman yeah. who was supposed to be, you're on this like trolley thing, kind of a la Star Wars. Right. <laughs> like, okay. you know, kind of going through the, okay. the like Toontown a, like hospital. Like a speeder bike. Okay. I can see that. I can, yeah, I can, kind of like I can a, visualize that as being a motion Can you kind of visualize that you, that would be? You get in a carriage and you have the screen yes. in front of you and you're zipping back and forth. And you're kind of like, I can totally see that. Kind of like the Back to the Future ride used to be Universal. I can see that. Yes, exactly. So, and again, these are all conceptual. They were never actually built, but you know, conceptually, these were the three, like three major attractions Mm -hmm. in one segment of the park. Sunset Boulevard was going to be Roger Rabbit. In fact, the other thing was you were supposed to be able to take the red car trolley up and down Sunset Boulevard. Mm -hmm. You can still see the trolley tracks. Yes. Yep. Right there. I mean, and so there are homages to what were supposed to be there that are, of course, never ended up getting built. And in addition, there was to be a dining location. Interesting. A full service dining location. Um, And I don't think that there was a name in this book. I'll have to to look. I should have written it down if there was. But they actually, at first, were thinking this was only going to be a half-day park, you know, because half of it was a working studio. Right, right. You know, that whole where the uh, launch bay is right now, was an animation studio mm-hmm. and yeah you could do a couple of things in there but they were thinking you know probably be a half day well then this whole roger rabbit thing you know was turning into it and the the attendance at hollywood studios was just going through the roof they were going to make the whole toontown area however 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 but there was, there's always a big but but there's always a but because this mm-hmm. did not happen there was a falling out between amblin entertainment mm. and michael eisner Mm-hmm. It largely involved Jeffrey and, Katzenberg, uh, somewhat, but yes. it involved like <laughs> you know those little shorts. They were supposed to pair mm-hmm. with certain movies, right. and uh, Steven Spielberg wanted it to go in front of Arachnophobia, which kind of seems like an odd pairing to me <laughs> because great movie, terrifying, yeah, funny, like that's <laughs> right. <clears throat> well, rather than doing that, Eisner paired it with uh, Dick Tracy. Okay. Which was a very popular film. I mean, that, that film did very well when it, it came did out. It okay. did okay. Dick, Dick Tracy not was... Not as well as Arachnophobia. Dick Tracy was one of the ones that, like, they had hopes that it was going to be a massive hit. They thought it was going to be. And just a sidebar to your story, Pretty Woman... David and knows Dick all Tra- about movies. Pretty <laughs> Woman and Dick Tracy came out around the same time within the same year. Pretty okay. Woman made 300 something million dollars. Dick Tracy 
maybe turn a profit, but it wasn't like the cultural mm-hmm. I, uh, phenomenon that, that Eisner pretty was hoping woman. for. Mm-hmm. And he was pretty upset that this little woman about a hooker with a heart of gold made all this money and his beloved Dick Tracy just did okay. And yeah. so how many people do you know have seen Dick Tracy and how many people do you know have seen Pretty Woman? I mean, everybody's seen Pretty Woman. Exactly. Yeah. I, I can't remember Dick Tracy at all. But he was totally yeah. banking on Dick Tracy. Yeah, he really that, was. He, he really, really was. was. In fact, yeah. he had um, thoughts for Dick Tracy being in the yes. parks as well. Yep. Which yep. would kind of, I mean, it would go with the whole 1940s. Makes sense. You know, mm-hmm. it totally would make sense. Um, you can see a little bit of Dick Tracy, like nods here and there, but you can see a lot of Roger Rabbit. In yeah. Echo Lake area, if you go around the corner, there's like a frozen Coke area. Do you know where you can buy the yep. frozen Coke? I know. Mm-hmm. Yep. And up above that, it actually has, um, you can see Roger Rabbit. looks like he's getting thrown that out of the window. Cool. <laughs> and you can see, um, oh, originally there's, a, there, well, there is a large billboard from Maroon Studios. Mm-hmm. Yes. From, you know, from yep. Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So that yep. still does exist. Um, and then, of course, it has Eddie Valiant, private investigator. There's a window for Eddie Valiant behind echo lake i wonder too have seen that? it's yeah, near- i have seen that but i wonder if in the the gangster scene of the great movie right i wonder if you could have seen any kind of eddie valiant or nods to roger and oh, i don't know yeah. that for sure i don't know that we'll ever know that now because we'd have to yeah. be we'd have to really research that but that would make perfect sense i have see. a friend who's a cast member on the great movie right i'll ask her and see if because she would probably know right. if there was that would be cool um, get her on the show because i would love to have a great movie ride conversation that'd be fantastic <laughs> Oh, I can get her on any day. Don't you worry. Um, but in any case, there were there were going to be a lot of Roger. That Rabbit is really nods. cool. Um, and you know, you did see some. I feel like they're kind of being taken away little by little. Yes. But, I mean, mm-hmm. really, Roger Rabbit is IP. I yeah. mean, yeah. And, you, and I, I've never met him. I've always wanted to. He's one of those characters that randomly shows up at Toontown at Disneyland yeah, occasionally, uh, and they've got the ride out there and everything. But it also makes me kind of. I don't want to say mourn is not the right word, but it makes me wonder what could have been. Obviously, mm-hmm. we love Tower of Terror. I don't want Tower of Terror to go away. But oh, once you round that corner, go down that hill, there is an entire huge area. You could build a land there. And if it meant taking okay. a rock and roller coaster, that's okay. I can do with that. Uh, I can deal with it. It's fine. But you could uh, you could theme that entire yeah. land to something. Which you know? and that's what they like. That's what you know. His research had yeah. showed that like down in that area was mm-hmm. going to be a lot of the Toontown. I think that of- I think that'd be cool. That's awesome. And and that was meant to happen. And of course, another big part, which we don't have time to go into, there was right. supposed to be a large Muppet presence as well. Yeah, we can definitely talk Muppets on another which episode. That's a because, huge. That's a that's yeah. a whole other episode yeah. right there. But we'll I have just to get think, Brian. We'll have to get Brian Henson on the show after you call the Bob's. Oh call yeah, Brian. I'll call yeah. the Bob's. You call Brian. Frank Oz, give you on the show. Fine. He can talk about the Disney. Yeah, stuff, totally fine. Stuff, so. But so just something a little bit interesting, and I didn't go nearly into the detail. I mm-hmm. think there are like fifteen pages. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure about it, but that's like the highlight. I think really. that's awesome, and I, I think that area too down there where Rock and Roll Coaster is, and the whole area. I think that's probably where they would have put Radiator Springs had they gone forward with with, with oh, the idea of sure. putting Radiator Springs there. Sure. Which I go back to my idea of I would love to see it, but I'm glad it's at Disneyland, not Disney World, because I like having things that are exclusive to certain. I do parts. like having. Exclusive I really like things. that. Me so, too. No, so, I, I I definitely like that. So let's look over at Magic Kingdom. And I want to talk a little bit about airports because there is an airport that was supposed to be at Walt. No, there actually was an airport at Walt Disney World. So it's called the Stallport, S-T-O-L, short takeoff and landing. So it's in the Magic Kingdom area. And in 1960-something, 1960s, when they were talking about the Florida Project, mm-hmm. and you can see some of the videos and stuff where Walt Disney's walking around in suit and tie. He's talking about the Florida Project. He's got that big stick, and he's pointing to the maps mm-hmm. on the wall. How much would you love to have one of those maps on your wall? I mean, um, one of those massive, whoa. like, eight-foot – I would put a mural of that ma- – That amazing. would be a focal point. That would be a crown room. jewel. I'd be, like, inviting people in my neighborhood. Y'all come in and see this map. Um, Wait, here's – let me get a pointer. Exactly. <laughs> and so he does talk about the airport of tomorrow. And what that was is he wanted to build an actual airport area where Celebration sits right now. But they couldn't get that done in time for the parks to open. So they were going to open a small airport area around the Magic mm-hmm. Kingdom area. Mm-hmm. Um kind of on the other side of the Grand Floridian, which where the Grand Floridian is now, kind of the area there, which Grand Floridian mm-hmm. obviously wasn't there at that point. Sure. And so, because MCO didn't even open until 1976. Before then, it was the Orlando McCoy Jetport. Very small airport. Which is why it's MCO. Exactly. <laughs> McCoy, very good. Very small airport. And so they wanted to be able to handle the amount of people they wanted to bring in. And so Walt Disney decided, well, let's build a small airport airstrip. And so they put a strip down right there in that little area there, okay? And so, you know, he would... 
basically that's kind of where he would bring guests in. They had an airline company called Shawnee airport. Uh, and it was kind of a very short term, like their planes could only hold like 20 people, 25 people, but okay. their, their whole purpose was to bring people from, from now, then now MCO, but then Orlando McCoy from there to Walt Disney World. So they would fly you directly into the Magic Kingdom area. This is even before wow. Epcot. So you could actually fly in, and then they only had a couple of hotels because you could take a, a bus sure. or a taxi or whatever to your hotel. This is before the monorail, too. So, you know, you could fly into the Magic Kingdom and go to the Magic Kingdom. Oh the actual gosh. part, the actual intention was to have the airport of tomorrow, where, again, where Celebration sits, and basically be sitting on the opposite side of a, of a gate to Magic Kingdom. So you could sit, you could drive or even walk over or use a people mover of sorts from that airport to the parks itself. And that's kind of how they wanted to lay that out. Uh, this was going to be part of part two, or phase two of the Walt Disney World. But phase two also included Thunder Mesa, which is where Big Thunder Mountain yep. Railroad exists mm-hmm. now. And also it's something called Western R- River Expedition. Which oh, was a which was an area they were going to have rides and things like that. If you can kind of think of what Pirates is to the Adventureland or what mm-hmm. Haunted Mansion is to Liberty Square, this was going to be that version in Frontierland, kind of that that creepy kind of crazy ride with characters mm-hmm. and such, whatever. So that was going to be. I've read about that. Yes, that was going to be there. Of course, all that got scrapped as well. You can still see traces sure. of it in Big Thunder, but that was going to be part part two of that. So they opened up the small airport airstrip. The fun thing about that is they had grooves built into the airport itself onto the airstrip itself so mm-hmm. when the planes landed it would actually play when you wish upon a star oh stop as it, it as it went down it, would be, it was kind of a kind of a it was kind of a like a vibration kind of thing whatever Super which perfect. sounds crazy but i saw a video earlier today of another road in california um that play like you drive on this road and it actually it actually plays that it actually plays a song whatever song it's it's some western song or whatever but you can hear the tune any vehicle that goes 45 miles an hour or so on these grooves would hear that song and so people would actually go out and drive the strip and everything and and Uh, unfortunately they removed the grooves in 2008 so you actually can't do that but They had the airstrip going and everything. The plans for the actual airport itself were scrapped around around 1970, 71 because they just they couldn't they couldn't make it work. But they were mm-hmm. using this airstrip and everything. MCO came into fashion in 76, I believe, but even before mm-hmm. then the airstrip was kind of not working as well as they wanted to. So they kind of they kind of reduced the number of flights that were coming in. So then it was only used for for special guests and VIPs and things like that. Uh, now the strip itself is just nothing but storage for buses and nothing for storage for cars and stuff. The, the last time they actually used this strip was in the early 80s because they were building a monorail. And ah. when they built a monorail, that also built it right in front of the air, airstrip, and you couldn't fly in there anymore because it was just not safe. There was no sure. way to kind of taxi in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last time they even flew a plane into that area was when they brought Walt Disney's plane, the Mickey Mouse 1, from, yes. uh, from California to Walt Disney World. But they couldn't even use the strip because the monorail was already there. So they had to land it on World Drive. They actually closed off World Drive, landed the plane at World Drive, then took it like into two pieces, brought it to where you would see it in a great movie ride. Yes. Uh, this is also the plane that he flew all over the country with. He flew mm-hmm. that Mickey Mouse one to the 1964 or 65 World's Fair in New York. He also flew it over central Florida to kind of scope out the Orlando mm-hmm. area for the Florida project. He also flew it over San Juan, Puerto Rico, where he saw the El Moro uh, Fortress which there's an official total name for it. But he saw that and thought to himself, that would be a really great inspiration for this Pirates ride I have coming yes. up. Disney World. So, yeah, so that's where that comes from. So that's kind of the story of the, the airport that no longer is there. The strip is still there, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. No grooves. They just nope. park on it. You can't really even get to it. I think you can see it in certain parts of the regular parking lot. If you drive around the sure. parking lot, you can see how to get to it. They're not going to let you back there, obviously, because that's just a no-no. Yeah. So don't do that, people. Don't try to go back there. It's just it's really just payment. But um, very cool. They actually had an airport. It is very there, cool. That was really, really awesome. And I mean, um, I guess it's worth noting that, you know, at that point, Orlando was not a big tourist attraction, no, which is wasn't. why it would have been a small little airfield. Yep. It was not a large international hub like it is now. So obviously... Yeah, you know, and, was- and Eastern Airlines was actually the official airlines of Walt Disney World at that time. And you actually can go on YouTube and watch watch commercials from the 70s of Eastern Airlines, seeing all the characters getting on the plane, and they're all waving to each other. They're hopping on Eastern Airlines. And, they're, and I'm like, if you live at Walt Disney World, why are you flying to Walt Anyway, and so right? the commercials are great. Um, they, they don't fly anywhere around Walt Disney World now because after 9-11, uh, Disney petitioned to have the airspace closed off. So yes. really – 
Cinderella's castle has the same air protection that the White House has. Yeah. You can't fly anywhere. And, and I, will, I will tell you that a lot of local pilots and a lot of airlines around that area do not like Disney for that because they're like, we don't understand why we have to go around this entire thing. Why can't we just fly through it or fly over it or whatever? Uh, but they've been given that protection through 9-11. Um, and so, yeah. So that's the airport that never was, the short takeoff and landing stall port at Walt Disney World. Jen, what, is your, cool. what is your final story? Some. Uh, my final story is actually sort of a backstory, and I love it's it. of my favorite attraction. So you guys might know it's tough to be a bug. So that's awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, because I love that <laughs> one so much. Um, no, this is actually uh, the backstories and magical secrets of Walt Disney World Volume One. Volume One. Volume One. I think mm. I put Volume Two up on our book, um, our book giveaway. But oh. and I love the haunted mansion. And there are there is so much to unpack. Again, this is I'm not joking. I think there's 25 pages. It's of course, a, I'm sure. So I'm going to be summarizing. But these are things that you might not realize walking through the queue. You might not know about this stuff. You would observe it, but you might not think anything more deeply into it unless you're a geek like me <laughs> about the haunted mansion, of course, so, or nerd, what, what, whichever of those you know applies. So there are actually two distinctive stories in the Haunted Mansion. And the first one is um, in the interactive queue, which you may or may not know. Now, the interactive queue opened a few years ago. And, you know, we could go into about the facade of the Haunted Mansion. We know it's, you know, a certain style and they wanted to make it look different from Disneyland to make it fit into the whole Liberty Square, you know, kind of theming. But the big thing is that there is an entire mystery that is lived out in the queue. And that would be that of the dread family mystery. And you can solve it if you sit there and if you read all of the inscriptions. So right after you pass through, you um, might remember there are, so there's tombstones and then Mm -hmm. there are little statues and there are different epithets and different things. And so there's a, a bust of Uncle Jacob Dread. And his epithet is, you know, greed was the poison he had swallowed. He went first, the others followed. His killer's face he surely knew. Now try to discover who killed who. Now, typically, you might walk past this. You should take the time to sit and read this whole thing. See if you can discover who killed who. Maybe I know who it is, but maybe I won't tell you. Okay. Uh, And then next you meet Birdie Dread. He's an old man. He's the one with the hat and the snake wrapped Mm -hmm. around his neck. Right. You remember that one? I do remember that one. Avid hunter. So avid hunter and expert shot. In the end, that's what he got. Then you move to Aunt Florence Dread. She's the old woman with the hair and like the kind of creepy smile. <laughs> so we, we assume that she is married to Uncle Jacob. Right. And um, she's got the revolver. Okay. Never did a dishonorable deed, yet found face down in canary seed. Then you get a pair of busts with Forsythia and Wellington Dread. And there's a bag of bird seed in between them, if you may, you may or may not have noticed. Uh, their inscription, departed life while in their beds with identical bumps upon their heads. And then you get to Cousin Maud. She's a woman with a long neck with a tall dress collar. And then our sleeping beauty who never awoke, the night her dreams went up in smoke. Okay. So all of the Dread family is dead, but you have to figure out who killed whom. And how? There's no way I could do that without looking at all of those. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, I mean, you, have to, you have to be there. Like you have to look at them. Yes. And you have to. Look, but if you look at the busts, they will give you clues, and you can solve the mystery of the Dread family. So, Perhaps. did somebody in the Dread family? Is that who we're looking at, or is it somebody else mm-hmm. in one of the tombstones? No, we we would be okay. looking at the Dread family, and gotcha. in fact, multiple members. I will okay. say. So very very interesting to me. Um, but you do have to kind of look at the busts to kind of figure out who killed who and you have to go through the inscriptions. So maybe, maybe we'll make that a spoiler alert. Like, you know, take a look, see if you can find it online, see if you can find some photos of the busts. And, um, you know, maybe I'll give you the answer next week. Um, so that's the first thing. And then you kind of go through the rest of the, of the crypt, um, the different cues, all of which have ties to other parts of Liberty Square or who all, you know, tie into things within the Haunted Mansion itself. They're all fantastic. The one I will point out is the sea captain. You know, he's, uh, it's the one that kind of sprays you occasionally and right. he makes bubbly noises. Um, and his name is 
and his name is Captain Klein. And um, he can also be found in uh, the Columbia Harbor House, his photo. Okay. So there's a tie in there. Um, so a lot of super cool trivia in there, but let's skip to the secondary uh, storyline of the Haunted Mansion. Um, we're even skipping all the cool tombstones that give nods to the Imagineers. And I'm talking- Because we could be here all day for those. We, I'm not even there's joking. So I, there's so many There's so, so many of them. <laughs> um, it, and there's so much about the music. Like Grim Gritting Ghosts is actually the only song played in the Haunted Mansion. It's just played in six different styles. I think that's awesome. So it's yeah. the same melody. If you pay it's attention, you can hear it. But yeah, you, if you really have to pay attention to that. That's cool. But you do have to, exactly. You do have to pay attention. But let's talk about the, um, the other big storyline would be that of the ghostly bride. Ooh, yes. Constance. And you can see her mainly in the attic. This was um, happened in the refurb of like 2000, is it six, 2006, I think. Okay. Was when she got added in there. But in any case, if you look in each of the wedding photos, the bride adds a strand of pearls. Each pearl represents a husband. So in her first one, she married, she married okay. He wasn't super rich. She had mm -hmm. a strand of pearls. His name was Ambrose Harper. And then you can see he has like a distinctive like bowler hat on in that one. Right. And then next, she marries Frank Banks. He's got a stove pipe hat. There's a reason I'm talking about the hats also. She was wearing two strands of pearls with that one. And then she marries a Marquis, Marquis de Doom. She was wearing three strands of pearls in a military uniform, sash and medals. And each time her trousseau gets bigger and bigger with more expensive right. and impressive things. Mm -hmm. Then her fourth husband, Reginald Kane. He's a railroad tycoon. Um, he's got a very uh, distinctive ring and, and hat, and he looks a little bit more expensive. And she's got four with strings of pearls. And then the fifth wedding portrait, Constance and her last husband, the one who his head kind of disappears, and it's the fifth, uh, fifth strand of necklaces. And if you look carefully, George is the same one who has an axe in his head in the stretching room. So we have seen George previously. And then if you look on the right-hand side, there is a hat rack. All four of the four previous husband's hats are hanging on that hat I'd rack. I never noticed the hat rack. I knew about her. Mm -hmm. I, in the Keys of the Kingdom tour, they walk through that each time her, her, her garb, her outfit gets a little more lavish every time because she goes to yes. more husbands and more husbands, more husbands, but I never noticed the hat rack. That is awesome. But if you look, if you look over at the hat rack, yes, right. and there are, you can see the four previous hats and she's holding a hatchet. And then of course in the stretch room, George right. has a hatchet in his head. <laughs> so that is the story of the um, very deadly bride who says ominous phrases and is basically a, a black widow of sorts right <laughs> where she gets married Hurry back. <laughs> right <laughs> exactly um and then there's so much even about you know the exit and the queue and all of the different epithets mm -hmm. but those i just find those two very interesting there's storylines. so much in the we could do like three episodes of the haunted i'm Mansion. not even joking it's so just much connected there my one of my favorite favorite hidden mickeys in haunted mansion uh, and not the one that everybody knows is it's the one mm -hmm. on the dining room table, buffet table or dining oh, room table in the dining room. Which disappears uh, sometimes. Does, does disappear. But my, mm -hmm. one of my favorite haunted, uh, hidden Mickeys is as you're rounding the corner after the graveyard saying you're about to go under the doorway, you look to your right, you'll see the Grim Reaper holding up a cloth and you'll see a hidden Mickey there. It's kind of hard to see unless you know exactly mm -hmm. where to look. And you can only see it for maybe two seconds before yep. your, your doom buggy turns. But it's mm -hmm. right there. And once you see it, you see it. It's there. Oh, yeah. Um, You'll never yeah. not see it again. But, yeah, I look every time, and I'm like, there's the hidden Mickey. And people are like, oh, what? Yeah. And I'm trying to take pictures of it, and obviously they don't turn out. And Maybe it's because I have, like, an iPhone 2 or something. I don't know. But uh, No, but, yeah. they just don't turn out. Yeah, it's just turn out. It's blurry, hard. and it's not bright enough. It's hard. And I've always wanted to take flash pictures in in the graveyard just to see things, but obviously I don't want to ruin the experience for right. anybody. So exactly. You know. I would just love to ride through it with the lights on one time mm -hmm. to just kind of see all yeah, well, you can, of you can do that on, on YouTube. You actually can do it. Like, if you want to spoil it, you can do it on YouTube. You can ride anything with the lights on in YouTube. That's I've true. looked at that. I've seen space mountain rock and roller coaster. A lot of them. I've done space impressive. mountain on YouTube. So, and I've actually done space on. mountain with the lights on in real life, which is. Impressive. Oh really? Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. It's really kind of cool. And you think, that the, the the trick about Space Mountain is obviously as you're going through the, the tracks, you think if you put your hands up, they're going to get knocked off. Mm -hmm. And really, once you see it in the light, like there's nothing close to you. 
Like no. you could like stretch because out like that would be unsafe. Too. I mean, well, yeah, but still, it's like uh, although when you go through that little like lighty tunnel or whatever, yeah. you can still touch the top, which so is you can. So there you go. There's some Disney. Did you know? I hope hope we educated you a little mm-hmm. bit about Disney history, and I hope you learned some stuff today because I learned some stuff today about Roger Rabbit and and a haunted mansion. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to pay attention to the hat rack. That's awesome. And so. Yeah. Very, very cool. Find us online, the msepodcast.com. Show notes, contact information for Jen and myself. See our friends at the show. Go on the sidebar there. And everybody we've had on the show are all there. I try to update that about once a week. I got to put run uh, Sarah's picture up there, but uh, but they're all there as well. And uh, find all the previous shows and stuff that we've done. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram at the MSE Podcast and all those places as well. We have a book to give away. We do. We do have a book to give away. So I have entered everybody's name in our little wheel of, of magical winningness. And so I'm going to hit a little spin here. And whenever you're ready, you can see the wheel. Jen, see the wheel I right now. See. Whenever you're ready, just tell me and I will hit, the, hit my finger. Stop. Oh, stop it. Oh, stop. There we go. Uh, Rachel. Now, let me look and see which book that she actually won. Rachel, I believe Rachel Hayes. Uh, let me scroll down here. Rachel Hayes wants a copy of Who's Afraid of Song of the South by Jim Corcus. Now, Jim Corcus is a Disney historian, has written an incredible amount of books. Um, Rachel, uh, I know you listen to the show because I've heard your feedback, so thank you so much mm-hmm. for listening. Uh, send an email to the show at themsepodcast uh, at gmail.com. Uh, or just find us on any of the places you can direct message us either one of us and find yeah, us. Yeah, just direct message us. Send us, some inf- send us uh, a note and we'll get some information from you and we will get that book out to you. Yeah. Thank you for participating. Thank you to everybody for t- participating, uh, which is really cool on that. So let's end the show, Jen, with a magical moment. Please, oh, what, you, what you got? Well, I mean, I, I still have several magical moments in my queue here. Of course. But here is one that I just love. And um, this is from Agent Beja, who mm-hmm. is, you know, one of our Upon a Star gals. Mm-hmm. And she says, and this was last year, they um, took her oldest daughter, Alora, to Disneyland. So not even Walt Disney World, to Disneyland. And while they were there, they visited the Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. And as they walked around the studio lot, which of course, I mean, gosh, I need to do that at some point, they came across the old animation building where Walt Disney's office is. And of course, she wanted a picture in front of it, obviously. Um, and there was a cast member on the bench taking a break. And of course, it was so kind. Cast members are always great, um, you know, typically about taking photos, you know. Right, of course. Pre-COVID anyway, you know. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. as they spoke, found out her name was Beth, that she worked in the movie rewards department. And she was one of the cast members who decided what special items you could purchase using reward points. Okay. So she noticed that um, Alora, or Alora noticed that Beth was wearing a key on a chain and kind of was asking about it. And she said, oh, this is um, Clara's key from the Nutcracker in the Four Realms, which was a movie that I don't think it did super well, but it did come out last November. Yes. Yep. Um, and Beth said, oh yeah, she was the one who sent the design to get the key made. And, you know, as she was telling the story, she took the necklace off and gave it to Alora to see how it looked. And once it was on, Beth said, it looks so good on you, you should keep it. And Alora was like totally shocked. She was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? And of course said, thank you, gave her a huge hug. But of course, Paige was crying. Of course she was crying. You know, like every, you know, there were were photos, but that was just a very, very magical moment. Love it. For such a special, you know, such a special little girl and, mm-hmm. and such well, a me being me, I just like free so. stuff. So that's really cool. But yeah, that is a, that's the, and how, how old did we say, <laughs> how old did we say Laura was? Do we know? Um, I, you know what? I think at that time she was six, Okay. just cause I know how old she is now. So yeah. I'm pretty sure she was like six. That's so really she's, cool. She's a sweet little thing. And, um, but that was just so exciting that, mm. you know, that's a great, that's a great moment to end on Jen. Uh, I love talking to Disney with you. My, my dear co-host uh, at the Magic, the Main Street Electrical Podcast. So uh, very cool. That is our episode, folks. Of course, like I said, go to the website, uh, the MSCpodcast.com and find all our information there. And reach out to us. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you have topic ideas. If you're like, hey, why don't you guys talk about this? Let's talk about that or ask we questions. We'd love to hear that from you as well. Um, and that is our show. Hope you guys join us back and again next week. Got a great show coming up for you next week with some great guests. I believe the podcast host Skywalking Through Neverland will be on the show next week as well. But until then, make some magic in this world. Be happy. Be kind to each other. And hey, mm-hmm. don't forget Thank the Phoenicians. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Electrical Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The MSE Podcast. Or visit our website at themsepodcast.com. Be sure to subscribe 
And may all your wishes come true.